First uh, Kings chapter 19 verses 1 through 13 is where we are going to begin today. Uh, Old Testament, this is going to be our text that uh, we're going to kind of just extract some stuff out of. And it says this in, in chapter 19 of Kings, first verse, Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, may the gods punish me and do so severely if I don't make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. I'll talk about what that's, what that's about, what's going on. Then Elijah became afraid, every shout afraid, and immediately ran for his life. When he came back to Beersheba that belonged to Judah, he left his servant there. So we find Elijah so fearful that he abandons his Servant, and in those times, that term servant wasn't a wasn't a, uh, a degrading term. It was somebody who was with him at all times, and and they were actually close, and they were friends. And this this person would support Elijah. He's so scared in this moment that he abandons that person. He takes off running, and he went on a day's journey into the wilderness, and he sat down under a broom tree and prayed that he might die. All right. He said, I have enough, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him, and the angel told him, get up and eat. Then he looked, and there was at his head a loaf of bread baked over hot stones and a jug of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord returned for a second time and touched him and said, get up, eat, for the journey will be too much for you. So he got up, ate, and drank. Then on the strength from that food, he walked 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. He entered to a, into a cave there and spent the night. Suddenly, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? How many of you know when God asks you that question, you're in trouble? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of armies, but the Israelites have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are looking for me to take my life. And then he said, go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. At that moment, the Lord passed by. A great and mighty wind was tearing at the mountains and was shattering cliffs before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a voice, a soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle, went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Today, as we close out our series, Be Still, I want to speak to you from the subject, waypoints and whispers. Waypoints and whispers. As we look at the necessity of stillness in our journey of faith. Will you pray with me one more time? Father, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for your word today. We thank you that it is active and that it's alive. It's not a historical booklet to which we glean about things from the past, God, but it's a living word. In it is life. In it is the contents necessary for developing perspective, for finding wholeness, for experiencing your presence, and saturating ourselves with your grace. And so I pray that by the teaching of your word today, that that would take place in our lives. God, that we would be better leaving than when we came in. And so for that, we love you. We worship you. We thank you that you are intricately involved in every space and place of our life. So we give this moment to you. Speak, we're listening. Our hearts are soft and our ears are open. In Jesus' mighty name, come on. And everybody shouted, amen. amen. Show of hands. How many of you have ever gotten lost before? Lost. Wow, that's fantastic. That says a lot about this service. So you're my people. I get lost a lot. I, I, lostness is a call. Like I can get lost anywhere. I can get lost in the mall. I can get lost in the sewer. I can get lost in my own house if I'm not careful. Um, 
but especially I can get lost in the woods. And so uh, some friends of mine uh, and uh, my brother, we took off, uh, it was a couple years ago, to spend a night in the woods and do some fishing. And I love high alpine fly fishing. And so we were up in the high Uintas and it was probably about like late September, maybe even early October that we did this, uh, did this trip and spent the night and it was frigid that night. It was one of those nights where we're like backcountry camping and we heard the, the bugling of an elk literally like 100 yards from us. It scared us all, woke us all up. And, uh, but it was also like just this really majestic moment uh, as we heard this animal off in the distance. And, and uh, so we went back to sleep that night and um, we didn't all sleep that well. Got up the next morning to go fishing, to do what we came to do. And so we were all a little exhausted, a little tired. And so everybody said, hey, let's just hang around this lake right now. And... Uh, and just kind of stay here and, and do the fishing. And so me getting antsy, I decided that I'm going to take off into the woods. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the fishing that I came to do. And so I went off to this little lake that I had, uh, had been looking up. And then uh, on uh, Google Maps, I had just been doing the aerial version to look and see where different lakes were at. And I kind of just got my general direction. And then decided, if I just go in that general direction, I should be able to find this lake. This is what it looked like on the map. So I just go that way. And uh, so I took off that way. And uh, I don't know if you've ever felt this way before, but as you've taken off that way, in this moment, I found myself about 45 minutes into my hike, lost. And I'm not just talking about lost, I'm talking about lost, lost. But Jason, not knowing too much about, well, really anything, I decided to take off and keep on going because I haven't found this lake yet. And I know that it's in this general direction. And so I, I, I meander through the woods and I'm singing to myself and I'm walking along. And then I finally get up to the edge of this cliff and I see the lake that I wanted to get to. But the lake was super far away. And then I asked myself this question, you messed that one up, didn't you, Jason? And I realized that the lake that I wanted, I was not going to be getting to that lake. And then I realized something else in that moment as I turned around and looked at the vastness of the woods behind me. I realized I am lost, lost, like scary lost. But once again, not thinking to myself, well, anything sane, I decided to turn around and said, if I just follow the line that I came, I should get right back to where I started. It's not true. It doesn't work that way just so you know. So I kept on hiking and I turned around and I'm going through the woods. An hour in, I'm not getting anywhere to anything that I recognize. And then I really realized I am lost, 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 lost. And that's when the fear starts to creep up. You ever been there before? The panic sets in, you start sweating. And then all of a sudden, my little adventure to go fly fishing turned into me thinking that I'm now in Revenant and I'm going to be mauled by a bear in the high Uintas and everything bad's gonna happen and no one's gonna find me and my family's gonna be devastated and the church is all gonna mourn and there's gonna be weeping and gnashing of teeth and like all of these things start to go through my, <laughs> my mind. I'm scared, scared like lost, scared. And the interesting thing is, is in that moment, I found myself stopping in the middle of it all and praying to God. You ever been so lost before that you just pray to God? Like he's, like he's gonna do something in that moment? And I'm like, God, will you just like pick me up right now? Like if you've ever teleported anybody. Can you do that right now? Like just right now, just, just beam me up, Scotty, to a whole nother area of the woods, like preferably on the side of the lake that all the rest of the people are at. That's where I want to be right now. And how many of you know he answered that prayer? No, nope. uh-uh. All I could hear was the silence and the breaking of twigs and the rustling of bushes. 
and bears <laughs> coming to hunt me down and maul me. I was scared, I was fearful. And it was in that silence that I realized I had to come up with some, some maneuvers and, and change some things and settle down, settle my heart down, settle the energy down, start to think a little bit more and think back to what I was taught when I was camping with my dad and so on and so forth, how to get my bearings, how to look at things and understand, okay, that's north, south, east, and west, and I generally know this, 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 and this. And so once I got my bearings in a moment of stillness, I was able to hike, turn the direction that I was in and hike out to the place that I needed to go. And, and eventually I found the road two hours away from, two hours into my hike later. Scared the crazy out of me. So shortly after that, my family bought me a watch that enables compasses and all kinds of other things like that so that I don't ever get lost in the woods again. I'll talk about that. Watch in just a moment. Stillness is necessary for a lot of things. Elijah found himself in a moment right here where he was scared. And the interesting thing is, is that uh, if you don't know the backstory behind it, you don't understand why. You just kind of enter into these verses and we don't understand why Elijah was scared. But let's just say it like this. Elijah was coming off of a rally moment where he was hashtag winning in life. Everything was going good for him. He was watching miracle after miracle. He's seeing God do things. He's talking to kings and telling them there's going to be no rain. He's contending with, uh, with other prophets who are worshiping false gods. He's calling fire down from heaven. He's having like an eight-mile moment with the king where they're exchanging like rap battles. I mean, it is awesome. For Elijah, he is winning in life. And after all of this happens, after seeing a young boy raised from the dead, after he sees a widow and food provision for, for this widow's life, after all of that, Jezebel says to him, this lone chick says to him, I'm going to kill you. And what does he do? He runs. He's so afraid. By the way, just to like a really quick point for you, this is for free this morning. Don't ever name your child Jezebel. Just putting that out there. It's a bad name. It's a bad name. Who's this? My new daughter, Jezebel. Nope, stop now. Don't do it. So it's coming off the backside of all of these wins that we find a legend. It's probably one of the most sobering statements in the Bible, it's, it's, at least for me as I read it. And Elijah became afraid. He became afraid. And we've spent a lot of time in this series over the past five weeks now talking about our minds, talking about different mental issues that we face, where we stand in, in, in those places, how the Bible applies to it, what God says about it, what our reference points should be as a community of people, as people deal with different things in their minds. And today what I want to do is I want to kind of zoom out now. I want to bring it out a little bit more. And we're not going to deal so much with the stillness of our mind, but what I want to deal with today is the stillness of our lives. Because here's the deal. Every single one of us needs to live in and experience a measure of stillness in our lives if we're going to understand what God is trying to do and weave in our lives. But if you're honest, if you're like me, I think we could all agree that for many of us, stillness is a very hard reality. We're moving all the time. We're shifting all the time. My little dude slept in, in my bed as we were out in uh, Park City this week, and, and uh, Erica went down to another bed because our kids were down. There was a whole bunch of mixture in it anyway, so I just brought my kid up. I brought Justice up with me, and he slept with me, and I was like, man, I'm never going to have you in my bed again. 
because I want to break all of your appendages because they seem to want to move everywhere at nighttime. The kids just, <laughs> just moving, moving. And there's a few times where I like just picked them up and threw them on the other side of the bed. It's like, man, son, we call them a wiggle worm. I wonder how many of us are wiggle worms when it comes to our journey of faith. And just wiggle worms, wiggle worms. God's like, just, just wiggle worms, just wiggle worms. He's trying to get a hold of us and it's just wiggle worms everywhere, wiggle worms. Stillness produces some things in our life that's necessary for the journey of faith. And that's what I want to dig in today. I want to dig in today. I want to look at some moments that we see in Elijah's story right here as he runs from Jezebel, as he finds still moments. And we're going to extract some things from it that I hope help us in our journey of life and faith. Does that work for us this morning? All right, come on, be shot number one. Well, the first thing is this that we need to understand is that stillness produces positional assessment in our lives. Stillness produces positional assessment in our lives. First Kings chapter 19, 9 through 10. He entered the cave there and spent the night, and suddenly the word from the Lord came to him, and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? I really do hope that at the end of this series, it becomes a series that causes us to ask the question, where am I? Where am I? Where am I in my life? Where am I in my faith? Where am I in my relationships? Where am I in my marriage? Where am I in my uh, addiction process and trying to overcome that? Where am I in my wholeness process? Where am I in the things that I struggle with? Where am I in reference to God? Where am I? It's a positional assessment of our lives. And here's the trap of the season that we're entering into is that we can get so lost in busyness. Come on, somebody. Time crunches, the hustle and bustle of our media-saturated, task-oriented, high-demand, constant output lives. And many of us will never stop to be still. The theme of our Next five weeks could simply be, how are you doing? Busy. How are you doing? Rushed. How are you doing? Working overtime. How are you doing? Got to get all the stuff done. How are you doing? I have no idea how I'm doing. It's just crazy. What if we figured out a way, we implemented a plan into our lives to be still? Pastor Andrew and Caitlin said to us before we had Thanksgiving this week, they're like, hey, can you guys please not email us? And then they said, we're not saying that for us. We're saying that for you. And I thought to myself, I was like, and it actually really challenged me. I was like, are they expecting us to just keep going? And the truth about it is, if I'm honest with you, I'm a low energy person. I'm just playing. <laughs> Some of you are like, well, wait, huh? Uh, come again? I'm a high energy person, I'm a high output person, and so if I'm honest with you, my tendency, my temptation is to keep going, to keep going. Like I loved the Energizer Bunny, I was like, that's my man! Or Bunny, whatever it was. I'll keep going and going and going, but here's the deal. The, the, the problem with that position in life it is, it is if we're not still, we have a tendency to start to miss where we're at. See, one of the things that they say to do if you get lost while you're hiking is to what? Stop. Stay still. 
I learned that from Bear Grylls. He's the authority. <laughs> Stop. Why? Because what has a tendency to happen is that if you're lost, you start making bad decisions, rash decisions, and one of them is to keep on going, and then you keep on going, and you wander and you wander further off, further off, further off, and then you ask the question that many of us have asked in our lives, how did I get here? You ever been there before? I thought everything was going well. I thought everything was going right. I thought everything was going the way that it needed to be. And then you stop and you recognize nothing. You recognize no one. You don't recognize yourself. And then we ask the question, how did I get here? But stillness allows us to stop and make a positional assessment of our lives. Stillness is the required element for a life of self-awareness and personal assessment. How? Because stillness helps us know we are at and how to know better as to where we need to go. G.I. Joe said it like this. Knowing is half the battle. That's found in the book. I'm just kidding, it's not there. Watch what Psalm 16 verse 11 says. You reveal the path of life to me. You reveal the path of life to me. But so many times we're going, we're busy, we're moving at a million miles an hour that we can't have the path of life revealed to us simply because we are not in tune with God. We haven't been still and now we're lost. Now we're afraid. And now we don't know. Have you ever been here before? You don't know how to get back? I, need, I feel like I need to say something to some people today. Is that for many of us, when we get this loss, we don't feel like we can get back. And so we just purposely getting ourselves more and more lost. We say things like, well, if I'm this lost, doesn't matter now. Here's the cool thing about being lost, is that your lostness is not dependent upon you. God has the ability to rescue you from any position that you're found in. But there's got to be a moment where we stop and have positional assessment in our lives. Stop moving. Just stop as much as just stop moving. Lay down. Do whatever you need to stop. Because stillness. Locating, 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 locating. Lo boom, there. where are you? Where am I in my mind? Where am I in my soul? Where am I in my faith? These are such important questions when it comes to the positional assessment of our lives. Come on, shout number two. And the second thing, second thing that we understand about stillness is that stillness produces positional alignment in our lives. When I learn to be still, I find alignment in our lives. And this is how, watch what it says. First Kings 19, 11. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. I love that. In the Lord's presence. Probably one of the most powerful sentences in the Bible. Go and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. Simple alignment is found in the presence of God, and it will change everything about our lives. It will give us, it will give us the strength required and acquired for the journey of life and faith that we find ourselves. We have to become presence people. Presence people. 
And this is where Psalm 23, 1 through 6 comes in. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his name. Say, watch this though. I love this verse. Even when I go through the darkest valley, even when things do not look the way that I want it to, even when I'm lost, lost, crazy lost, fearful lost, I fear no danger for you are with me. This is presence. Am I talking to anybody today? We got to become presence, to be in the presence of God. The Bible tells us that in the presence of the Lord, there is joy. Oh, I love that. In the presence of the Lord, there is joy. Sometimes, if, if you're wondering, like, man, where do I get some joy from? Just get in the presence of God. I see some joy. <laughs> joy. Not happy joy, joy that comes from a, an abundant place, joy that flows out of the nature and the character of God. Come on, come on, somebody. It's in the presence of God. We've got to become presence people. We were playing cards yesterday, me and Erica were. The kids were downstairs playing. Elle was asleep. We were just like, oh, this is a glorious moment. Hey, you want to play cards? And I was like, yeah, let's play cards. So we sit down and we have our coffee and we're playing cards. And I was like, hey, let's put on some music. What do you want to listen to? And Erica like, kind of looks around. She's like, let's just put some worship on. Why? Even in the midst of playing cards, we want to be in the presence of God. Mainly because it helps her win. But other than that, I'm on to you, baby. <laughs> but it was nice just to sit there for a moment and, and just be with each other in the presence of God, playing cards. See, we make it so, like, reverent, don't we? To be in the presence of God, I need to have the worship team in full, like, they got to be singing, and, and Justin's got to be doing that. Like, that's the only way I can get in the presence. Like, I need the team in my bedroom right now. It's weird. I mean, could you imagine waking up and seeing these guys just doing their thing? Like, <laughs> no. We make it so reverent, don't we? Sometimes you could be playing phase 10 with a cup of coffee and the presence of God in your home. It's okay to clap right there, just so you know. <laughs> stillness. See, stillness produces positional alignment in our lives. It's the presence of God that brings alignment to everything in us. I told this story before, but I had a, my shoulder was out of whack when I was training for a weightlifting competition a year or so back. And, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't move the way that I wanted to, so I, I got a sports massage person to come in to the gym and work on me three times. And they, they are, they're just deaf people. Um, I, I don't like them, and I love them at the same time. They're not sports massage, like masseuses. That should not be their name. They're just weapons of mass destruction on a bodily form. Tyler knows what I'm talking about. So this guy came in, and he started working on me, He's, he's grinding my shoulder. He's got his hand up underneath my shoulder blade. And he's like, how's that feel? And I'm like, shut your mouth. Like, just like, <laughs> I'm crying and laughing all at the same time. It was just like this bad, bad moment. He worked on me three times. And no joke, after the third time, I went to go lift something that I couldn't, I couldn't lift before that. And all of a sudden, like, just boom. I got a video of it. I started yelling. Like, I was yelling and screaming. Because all of a sudden, it was amazing what happened when things were back in alignment. 
what wasn't working, this one part of me that wasn't working properly destroyed everything that I was trying to do. But then when it was in alignment, all of a sudden everything was working the way that it needed to work. And I was now in a place where I could do something that I hadn't been able to previously do. That is the presence of God in our lives. It brings alignment into the spaces and places of us that are not properly aligned. Are we presence people? And stillness produces positional alignment in our lives. And we've got to be still and learn to be in the presence of God. There's these sweet moments. We did it this morning when you guys are all just singing. I love it. The stillness of it. I am purposely having still moments in this message and speaking differently. Why? Because I want us to understand and think through the idea of stillness. I watched a video yesterday of Black Friday shopping. <laughs> I know that just made everybody anxious. It was, in, it was insane. This video went out and it was... Uh, it was this poor lady, she was waiting, like, it was like this one girl blocking this horde of people, and they all came rushing in to grab a sweater, a sweatshirt. It was a sweatshirt that had gone on sale from $65 to $35, and you watch this young girl's face. She was like clawing up on this table to get away from everybody, and then she's going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like she thought she was going to die, like a pack of bears were coming at her. And no joke, as I sat there and watched this video, the anxiety level in me rose. And then I felt there's the Spirit of God whispered to me in that moment. That's how many of us walk through life. Our insides, our heart, our mind, looks like that horde of shoppers going after a sweatshirt on sale. I wonder if we can be still. I wonder if we can stop and receive positional alignment in our lives. How do we do that? Well, where's the presence of God? Well, let's throw a couple things out really quick. Our Bible, prayer, worship. And I want to say this, and I want you to grab a hold of this, please, this morning. These are the proper tools required for being presence people. These aspects of our faith should never be seen as dutiful regimen or religious legalities, but rather practices of a presence-oriented life. You hear me? Because so many times they're like, oh, there he goes. There's that preacher saying, read my Bible, pray, and worship. And all of a sudden we go back to a flood of different things that maybe we grew up under or found ourselves in. And somehow communication with God, somehow worship, somehow Bible reading became a bad thing for our lives. But I want to let you know this morning that if we want to have and saturate ourselves in the presence of God, we need to stop, be still, worship Him, communicate with Him, and read about Him. I still, I find his presence in there. I read things and I'm like, ah, that's awesome. You don't have to know theology to be in the presence of God. You don't, know how, you don't have to know the Greek and the Hebrew to be in the presence of God. You don't need to have the Bible memorized. Do you guys know that my, like, I actually don't memorize much of the Bible, believe it or not. Why? Stuff happens in here. <laughs> You can, you can ask Amy. Amy does all the slides for all, all of this stuff right here. And when I give her my notes, I have like eight pages of notes. Every scripture that I'm going to reference is in my notes. Why? Because I can't memorize things. But there's never a moment in my life where I step back and go, God, I can't be in your presence because I, I don't have Hebrews 4 memorized. 
Some of us, I know I don't. <laughs> Some of us need to step, just flip open a page. And Jesus wept. No, that's a bad one, but. <laughs> Everything in this book is for you and I to understand him. Just gotta be still. If you're needing stillness in this season, I dare you, just open up Psalms. Sit down with a vanilla Thai chi latte. <laughs> tai chi? What is that? Tai chi! <laughs> it's a new drink they have at Starbucks. It's a, called a ninja drink. It'll wake you up in a moment. Sit down, put some worship music on in the background. Just read. Song. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. It's a good shepherd. It's a loving shepherd. Just go psalm after psalm after psalm. You're going to read the moments where David's ticked by God. He's frustrated. He's angry. He's why. You ever felt that way before? But just keep sipping on the coffee, keep listening to the worship music, keep reading your word. It's not hard. It wasn't designed to be difficult. Why? We were designed to be in his presence. Eric and I, after a busy couple weeks, she was gone in Houston. Even yesterday, even a couple days, past couple days over Thanksgiving. Family around, people everywhere, kids yelling, Mom, Mom, Dad, person shot this person. Like all this other stuff that's going on. He hit me, she's yelling at me, they're lying. Stillness. Stillness. Driving down, we grabbed hands yesterday. Like we hadn't touched in 15 years. <laughs> we held each other's hand all the way down the mountain almost. Why? Because we've been designed to be presence people. Stillness produces the ability to be in the presence of God and receive positional alignment. And the last one is this, number three. Are we shout number three? Stillness produces positional acquisition in our lives. At that moment, the Lord passed by. A great and mighty wind was tearing at the mountains and was shattering cliffs before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a voice, a soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went and stood at the entrance of the cave. You know what's interesting is that for so many of us, we look for God in the spectacular. We look for God in the exciting. We look for God, and He's only showing up if I get the chili bumps. Or if I'm crying during worship once again. 
or if that message hits me the way that it did last week. We look for God in the spectacular and Elijah's watching all of these things happen, but God wasn't in any one of those things. Where was he at? He was in a still, small whisper. And this is where Elijah receives his waypoint. This is where all of a sudden God communicates to him in a still, small whisper where he is to go and how he's going to do this and how he's going to make it through the next part of his journey. It's in the still, small whisper that he downloads to Elijah what it's all going to look like. So my family bought me this watch for my birthday after I got lost in the Uinta Mountains. And this watch has the ability to recall a map that I previously built before my journey so that if I get off path at any moment during my journey, all I have to do is hit a button and it can recall where I'm at in correspondence with the map that's been pre-planned for me so that I can get back on track and walk out the path that I already have for me. And some of us need to understand today that it's in the stillness with God where you may feel off track, you may feel like it's not going the way that you want it to, and it's in the stillness with God that he recalls, I have a plan, I have a purpose, I have a reason, I have a rhyme for your life, and he downloads once again the path that has already been set for you. Stop. Be still and know that I am God. But for many of us, the reason that we struggle with this is that we're too busy running past God. God, come on, keep up, keep up, keep up, keep up, keep up. Right? Come on. Just keep up with me. I got this to do. I got this to do. I got this degree to get. I got this job to get. I got this, 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 this. Keep up, God. You're slowing down. He's going, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. Since when did we start and direct the pace? So after I got lost and after I got my watch, I took my kids hiking. And I sat with my kids before we started hiking. We went to the same, same pond that I did the fishing in, the same lake. I looked at them both said, hey guys, listen, we're going to hike together. There's lions and tigers and bears out here. <laughs> and I said to him, I want you to understand something. When we're hiking together, I know that you want to run off and you want to do all these different things. You want to climb that tree and climb that rock and do all this stuff. But here's what I need you to hear. I need to be able to tell you which direction to go. And I don't want to have to yell to do it. And here's the deal. This is what I said to him. If I have to yell for you to hear me, you've gone too far. If I have to yell for you to hear me, it means that you are now out of my reach. So I need you to stay in my proximity. I need you to stay in my presence so that I can always help you see something that you may not see in your excitement, that you may not see in your zeal, that you may not see because you have your plan and your purpose. So I need to be able to say, hey, watch out buddy for that. Watch out for that log you're about to trip over. Watch out for that cliff you're about to fall off of. If you've gone to where I have to yell, you've gone too far. 
see many of us think that God's not talking to us anymore. That God's not speaking to us anymore. Is it just possible that he still is, but we've gone too far? Is it possible that we're just outside the reach of his voice? But what about, isn't God everywhere? Yeah. But isn't it interesting that he still, being everywhere, spoke to Elijah in a still, small whisper? Why? Because God wants to be with us. Presence. in his presence that we find everything that we need in Jesus' name. Come on, would you stand to your feet?